come in here carrying all sorts of different burdens and, and worries and baggage. We come in here with this wide variety of issues. And the truth is, it's time. It's time for a victory. Tyler, come back out here. It's time for a victory. If anybody believes it's time for a victory, can you make some noise? I believe it's time. Tyler, let's go. One more time. I know this was not planned. It probably screws up everything back there. We'll live. Let's go. It's time. seat. I love you, church. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we are a little wired up tonight. If you're visiting, I want you to know whether you're at Littleton, Lakewood, Arvada, 
Brussels, Austin, both God Behind Bars campuses, wherever you're at. You can make some noise for that. That's, we love you, God Behind Bars. I want you to know that uh, one thing you don't have to worry about, you might have to worry about like these people are weird. You might have to worry about that. One thing you don't have to worry about is wondering if you're wanted here. Uh, no matter what you've been through, no matter what anyone's ever said to you, no matter what you may come in here today thinking about yourself, I want you to know in this place you're going to be loved and welcomed and valued and accepted. Sorry, I don't know why I'm so emotional. <clears throat> Woo! You ready? Guys, I think I'm, I'm a little emotional because we've went through a traumatic experience in my house over the last couple of weeks. Um, my youngest son, Ashton, um, in fact, put up the, the picture of him, that first picture of him. This is my youngest son, Ashton. In fact, some of you know him as Sunshine because he loves football and he's had this haircut for several years. You see where he's sitting right now. You see what I'm about to show you. He recently looked at me and Jill and he said, it's time. And I grounded him. Jill got real sad and she said, okay, okay, you can cut your hair, but not till we get a family picture because this is like a moment in the journey of our family. And so my man, Adam Bratton got us some family pictures. Adam, I love you girls. Google him. He's not married. I'm just saying. And, um, inappropriate. And so this was Ashton before this was Ashton after. Uh, he's so handsome and I hate that picture. He just grew like five years older in, in one picture. And uh, I asked him, I said, I said, when you got your, your haircut, did it scare you? And he said, I was so scared. I was so nervous. And I said, but afterwards, did it, did it feel kind of amazing? And he goes, yeah, kind of did. In fact, Jill was there obviously capturing the moment and she got a picture of him the very first time he looked in the mirror and, and, and saw himself with short hair. Go ahead and put that up. And, and I was talking to him today about it. And, and I said, so are you, are you still glad that you did it? And he goes, yeah, dad, I am so glad. He goes, I, he said this, he goes, I, I look and feel completely different. And as he was telling me, I thought that sounds a lot like our walk with Jesus. I was afraid because I was afraid that I wouldn't be accepted and I wouldn't be welcomed and that he wouldn't want me and church people wouldn't accept me and I couldn't play the game and I couldn't keep it up. But I decided to give God a shot and I submitted my life to him. And then I turned around and I was actually amazed at what had happened. And if you ask me how I feel about it today, I'll tell you that I look and feel completely different. Aren't you happy that Jesus is still in the life changing business church? The title of today's talk is afraid and amazed. And it's really part two of a talk I started two weeks ago called fight week. So if you haven't heard it, go get caught up, but let's read Luke chapter eight. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and they set out as they sailed. He fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake. Two weeks, I still didn't Google what squall is. It sounds awful. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, 
Master, master, we're going to drown. And he got up and he rebuked the wind and the raging waters and the storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. Here it is in fear and amazement. They were afraid and amazed. They asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. Imagine being these guys and imagine experiencing what they experienced. And I know it's tough for us because it's like it happened so long ago and few of us are, you know, in the boating business. But these guys are professional fishermen, professional boaters. This is what they do. They know this water like the back of their hand. They know this boat like the back of their hand. And they're in such a bad storm, not because they were being disobedient, but because they were following Jesus, which is something we talked about a couple weeks ago when they were being reminded that following Jesus isn't the easiest way to live. It's just the best. And, and so they're in a storm because they were being obedient and, and they were afraid. And then Jesus with a word shuts down the weather. And, and I was, I was laughing, thinking about it this week because I was like, man, he just said it once. And every parent went, how did you do that? I say it a hundred times. Nobody listens. He said it once and the weather shuts completely down. And then you keep reading the story. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago. They go to the other side and, and they realize that they were there to reach out to one person. And this one guy experiences a physical healing and they got to be a part of it. And he experiences a spiritual healing and they got to be a part of it. And, and, and he comes to know Jesus in a personal way. And he's going to go back and his family's going to be different. The whole city's going to be different. His eternity's going to be different. And they got to be a part of it. And so they went from afraid, afraid for their lives that they're going to die to afraid and amazed at the same time to just flat out amazed. And, and, I, and, and as I've been reading this story, one thing hit me. The reason that they got to go from afraid to amazed is because they didn't turn around. They went through a storm where they thought it was going to literally take them out of the game. How many times do we go through stuff in life? We're like, I don't even know if I'm going to make it through this, even just emotionally and mentally, like I'm spent. And, and if you do get through it, what's the thing you want to do? You want to go back home, right? That's what we would have wanted to do if we we're in the boat. They were in a storm that almost took them out. What do you want to do when the storm calms? Turn around, go home, get off the water, be safe, go back to what I know, go back to what I'm used to, go back to what's comfortable. But see, they knew that Jesus had already told them, no, we're going to the other side. So what they knew is, I don't know exactly what's going to happen next, but I know the last thing he told me was that I'm supposed to go to the other side. So I guess I'll just keep doing that. So many times in life we walk around, I hear this in church so much. I'm just waiting to hear what God wants me to do. I'm waiting to hear what God wants me to do. One of the best things to do while you're waiting to hear what God wants you to do is go, what did he say to me the last time he had my attention? And I'll just keep doing that until he gets my attention again. And so they know, I don't know how this is going to play out, but earlier he told me we're going that way. So I guess I'll just keep going that way until something changes. 
And so they go to the other side and they experience amazing. They went from afraid to amazed for one reason, because they didn't quit. They didn't turn around. They didn't throw in the towel. They didn't tap out. They stayed in the fight. And that's why every single one of you have a stay in the fight sticker on your seat. If you're at one of our locations today, I want you to take this home with you, put it on a water bottle, put it on, a, on your Bible. I put mine on my laptop this week because I just know I'll see it every day because some of us need to be reminded. It's if I want to go from afraid to amazed, at some point, I've got to make a decision. Come hell or high water, I'm not walking out on God. I'm going to stay in the fight. And I want to talk to somebody today. You know you've been called to be where you're at. It's just really difficult. And the truth is you want to quit. You're, I don't know why God has called me to this school, but I feel like he has. And I don't really know what to do next. And since I don't want to know what to do next, I guess I'll keep doing what he told me last time he had my attention. So I guess this is where I'm supposed to be. You know, he's called you to this job and nobody seems to be paying attention. And the, and, and, and the promotion isn't happening. And, and sometimes you feel forgotten. But I know God's called me to this. I know God's called me to this level of obedience. And the truth is you want to stop. And I want to challenge some of you. It's worth fighting for. What if you went from afraid to amazed because you didn't walk out, because you stayed in the fight, because you kept fighting for your sobriety, because you kept fighting for your marriage, because you kept fighting for this area that God's calling you to be obedient, that truthfully has been scaring you to death. But you just know if I want to go from afraid to amazed, at some point I got to decide I'm just going to stay in the fight. Second Corinthians four, seven and eight. I heard a teenage girl in Houston, Texas, preaching this this week. And I DM'd her dad and I said, you tell your daughter she's going to speak to thousands this week because she was preaching on this verse and, and she used the passion, passion translation, which I was not familiar with. And it reads like this. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the, here it is, extra extraordinary overflow of power, extraordinary overflow of power. That's amazing talk right there. The extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's not ours. How do I experience amazing? How do I experience this extraordinary supply and, and overflow of God's power? It's in the next verse. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do. But see, for me, quitting's not an option. I've just decided before the fight even starts, I know opposition is coming because when I signed up to follow Jesus, I signed up to be a fighter. So I know opposition is coming. So when I get into those moments where what I really want to do is get out of the boat, turn around, go home, go back to what I know, go back to comfort. I'm going to remind myself, no, my God's already promised me amazing right now. I feel afraid. So I guess I'll just stay in the fight until I get there because one of these days I'm going to turn around with a testimony. I can go from afraid to amazed if I stay in the fight. And if I do, one of these days, I'm going to turn around with a testimony and I'm going to go, yeah, I was scared and I stayed with God and look what he did. And here I am. Sometimes we just got to remind ourselves, I got to stay in the fight. See, we leave too early. We miss the good stuff, don't we? Last Saturday, I was in Chicago and I was trying to get home to be here at the Littleton campus for the four and the six. And our plane did not cooperate. 
Now, if you know me, you know that I have this sort of irrational claustrophobia issue, okay? Like something's broken in here. I'm just, and I, it just is. And, and so please don't email me with your home remedies. I get it. It's, it's, I'm defective. And so, so we're on the plane and I'm already like sort of in this state of mind, like basically in a gigantic tin can and the doors might as be welded shut because I can't get out even if I wanted to, but I'm fine. I'm fine. Lots of people fly. It's fine. And so we got on the runway and I'm reminding myself that I'm fine. And we just sit there for a long time. And I, you know, I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm fine. Fine. Probably a long line to take off. I don't know. All of a sudden the, the, the stewardess walks by and I said, so everything okay? <laughs> she goes, oh no. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's an issue with the aircraft. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. I go, well, um, do you, <clears throat> the air had shut off. It was starting to get really hot. You know what I mean? I was like, do you uh, think they'll just let us off the plane then? And she goes, no, no one can get off. <laughs> and I'm telling you in that moment, something just like snapped. I don't know what it was. It was like, and it just went. And I, and I was like, oh, okay, we can't get off. And she could tell, she's like, are you okay? I go, I'm fine. I'm fine. Jill goes, you okay? I go, I'm fine. And then I was like, just trying to breathe. And Jill goes, are you all right? And I go, well, maybe you could pray a little. I stand up out of my seat and the lady's like, sir, I'm sorry. You're going to need, and I'm like, Janet, you're going to need to, uh-uh, because I got to do some stuff right now. And I'm like, I start to take a couple steps and, and pretty soon I, I can't breathe. I start to go into like a full on childlike, embarrassing panic attack thing. And I'm now walking down the entire aisle of the plane and everyone's looking at me and this is a plane headed to Denver. So everything in my mind knows there's probably somebody on here who goes to the church and I just don't care because <laughs> I can't breathe right now. And about the time I completely humiliate myself in front of everyone on this airplane, uh, the lady gets on the thing and she goes, you know what? We're going to let everyone off the plane after all. <laughs> Thanks, Janet. Always looking out, aren't you? So we get off the plane. I got to tell this faster. We get off the plane. We stay in the terminal. It's fine. I relax. They say, get back on. I get back on the plane again. We got to the runway. It breaks down again. Another hour, hour and a half with no air conditioner. And I'm full on like it broke. Everything broke. I'm walking. I'm pacing. I'm breathing. I got the whole crew consoling me. They're like, do you drink? I'm like, not now. <laughs> Make it a double. Um, and like, it was a, I was a mess. They finally had us get off the plane again. And at that point they go, we've got another airplane. We'll reboard you in five minutes. And I went, Jill, I'm out. I go, I'm sorry. I can't. I'm broke. It's broken. I know I'm as mad as you are. And I'm not kidding. My wife got on the next plane, which by the way, also broke down on the runway, but it eventually got back to Denver. I did not get on the next plane. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm as mad as you are. I'll be in Chicago tonight. And I went to a hotel near the airport in an area that you don't really want to be. 
And then I took a Uber to Walgreens because I don't have anything to take my contacts out with or brush my teeth with. And he smokes, I'm guessing, mm, six cigarettes on the way there. And so I get back to this hotel and I notice the bed looks kind of like a camping cot and I smell like smoke and I miss my kids, and I've got the smallest tube of toothpaste ever created, and this little flip phone looking toothbrush, and I'm just in the bathroom, and every time my hand goes in front to brush, I smell smoke. Oh my gosh, and I'm miserable, and I wake up the next day, and I realize like my back hurts, and, and I'm out of toothpaste again, and, and I miss my kids, and I have six hours more travel time to get home. My wife, she slept in our bed. And she, she got up the next morning and she watched the sunrise through her favorite window in our bedroom. And then she went outside on our back porch and had her quiet time where she often goes in the mornings. And then she hugged all three of our children, had an amazing cup of coffee and used a full tube of toothpaste. <laughs> See, you leave too early, you miss out on the good stuff, don't you? I got out too early. I just quit. Like I tapped out because I just, I just, I'm, I'm done. Right. And so I paid the price. See, see, there's just this principle with God where he goes, I'm with you and I'm working and you won't always see it and you won't always feel it and you won't always understand it. And the only way you'll miss out on it is if you self eject. But as long as you'll stay with me, there will be a time where you'll go from afraid to absolutely amazed and you'll turn around with a testimony. But to get there, you're going to have to stay in the fight. John chapter six, the disciples learned this lesson. Jesus had this real tough talk with a whole bunch of followers. And I mean, it's a tough talk and it's about their lives and his life and eternal life and the whole thing. And everybody listening there for the first time going, oh, wait a second. I thought following you was the easy way. And he's like, I'm trying to understand. He's trying to help them understand. No, it's the best way, but it's not easy. And in fact, you're going to face opposition. And here's some of the stuff you're going to have to go through. And here's what I'm going to go through. And here's what it's going to look like. And you know what happens? Some of them start going, I don't trust the second plane. I'm out. It's already broke down twice. This isn't the way I thought it should go. And they start walking. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. We're out. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter takes a lot of flack for a, a lot of bonehead moves and Things he says sometimes that are out of line. And unfortunately for him, it was recorded in the Bible for the world to read. You know what I mean? I love him. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, where am I going to go? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. He said, I don't know what you're talking about, and I'm a little confused, and I'm a little scared, but you know what? I decided before I jumped into the middle of this, before I got afraid today, I already decided. You can't get rid of me if you tried. I'm staying with you. I'm going to stay in the fight and see how this thing plays out. That's what he just decided. And because they did... My gosh, did they see amazed like 
I think it's three chapters later, they walk into a town and, and there's this, this man that everyone in the whole city knows is blind and Jesus does what only Jesus can do because anyone else like tries to pull this off and you get arrested. But Jesus grabs mud and puts it on his face and you go, and the disciples have got to be thinking like, this better work because... You know, and, and, he, and he puts he puts mud on this guy's face and he goes, go wash it off. And he goes and washes it off and he miraculously is healed and can see and the whole town's going crazy. And the disciples are like, they're never going to be the same. Like I made the right call. I stayed in the fight and look what I get to be a part of. And then a couple chapters later, they go to another city and one of their boys, Lazarus, died. He's been in a tomb for four days. Imagine the context of this story today. Like they went to the gravesite, and Jesus is like, dig it up. Wait, what? For them, it was roll away the stone. No, he's been buried four days. You don't seem to understand the time for prayer has come and gone. And Jesus goes, no, roll away the stone. Hey, Lazarus, let's go. And Lazarus comes walking out of a tomb four days after being placed in there and everybody goes crazy and none of the disciples will ever be the same. And imagine the swagger they start walking around with you, especially Peter, like you just can't touch him, right? He's never had more confidence. I've never had more strength. I've never had more faith. I've never been more bold. Why? Because I'm with him. Did you see what he just did? I'm with him. You know why they got to see amazed? Because they didn't leave when everybody else left. Everybody who left missed out on amazed. They, 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 they exited at afraid. Everybody goes through fear. All of us go through tough times. We all experience afraid. Not everybody experiences amazed. Just the ones who decide to stay in the fight. That's how it works with our God. If you want to go from afraid to amazed, at some point, you've got to decide, I'm not leaving. I'm with him. I'm going to stay in the fight. Four years, four years into starting the church or into being a church, we, we were starting to experience some pretty rapid growth. And that, that from year three to year four, we went from 600 people to 1,200 people. And it was just like, what happened? And then that year, I think we went from 1,200 people to 2,400 people. And we were like, what happened? And, and we're just like, we didn't know what we were doing when there was 50 of us. We definitely didn't know what we were doing at that point. Scott, you were there. <laughs> and it was interesting because one week, a reporter from a Christian magazine came to do a, an article about the church and how fantastic things were going and this unbelievable growth. And you're one of the fastest growing churches in the country. And we're going to do an article and tell us how. And, and what they didn't know is, is that I'd never been more miserable. I'd never had more anxiety. I'd never had more depression. The same week I did a, a, an interview for how great things are going. I went to the doctor and I had a literal breakdown in my doctor's office and started bawling and couldn't stop shaking. And I started to have anxiety attacks for the first time. And for the first time in my life, I was put on anti-anxiety medication. The same week I did an interview for how good everything's going. And I remember thinking like, I can't do this. Like I just can't, I'm not, I don't have what it takes. Like who was I kidding? God, what you've called me to walk through is just like, I'm not built for it. 
and I lost it. And, and I called my friend Eric Parks, who did not work at Red Rocks Church at the time. He was the CEO of his own company. And I called Eric and I asked him for a job. Same week, I just did an interview on how great everything's going. And I, and I just broke down and I just told him and I was like, man, I can't do this. And I'm not built for it. And I can't handle the pressure. And I've never been more miserable. I've never been more scared. And I just want out. And he didn't know he was going to work at this church. He didn't know he was going to be one of the directors and leaders of the church. And it would have benefited him to have his best friend come work at his company. But even in that moment, like he's, he's always been a friend and he's always cared about me way more than about what's best for him. And you need friends like that in your life. And he said, listen, I think you'll regret it. I just think you'll regret it. You can do this. You are built for this. Don't you dare walk away. And here we are 10 years after that conversation. And I can't tell you how amazed I am every single weekend I come hang out with you guys that we're still here and this is still happening. In fact, I was reminded of this conversation that I had with Eric this summer. I was driving home after baptism weekend and over 800 people, I think, got baptized in one weekend this summer. And I remember I was driving home and I started crying and I started thinking like, I could have missed all of this. God was going to do what he was going to do. I just wouldn't have gotten to be a part of it. See, and, and, and now, and trust me, life, the way life works is, is you turn around with a testimony and then you step into another battle. We know that. But for this one, for that one, I now am at the point where I get to turn around with a testimony and go, yeah, that was a 10 year journey. And I wanted out because I was scared to death. And now I look around at what God has done and I'm absolutely blown away. I get to experience part of the amazed. Oh, there's plenty more opposition to come. I get it. But when, when, for that story, I get to experience the amazed because a friend convinced me to stay in the fight. And can I, can I be a friend to some of you right now who might not have an Eric Parks in your life? And can I be the one to just remind you, maybe, just maybe, what if God brought you to this service today and you're in a, one of our locations, like in person, or maybe, maybe you're listening or watching from somewhere else. And what if God has you tuning into this so that he can use my voice, but so he can speak to you and remind you, I'm with you. I got you. Don't go anywhere. Stay in the fight. Your calling is worth it. Your sobriety, it's worth it. Your marriage is worth it. What I want to do in your life, it's worth it. Don't leave because things get tough. Following Jesus is not the easiest way. It's the best way. And when you signed up to follow him, you signed up for a fight. Paul told his friend Timothy, but fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight. And we can, we can have these moments I believe where the Holy Spirit will begin to just build us up on the inside to begin to speak to our heart and our soul and our mind and go, you don't have to quit. You don't have to run. You don't have to tap out. I got you. Stay in this one. And I want to be that voice for some of you today. And you'll know if, if that's for you or if it isn't. Just start with like one step at a time.
Because I know it's, something like this can sound really cool in this setting, and then you go home and go, I'm not sure what to do with it, other than I got the sticker, you know what I mean? One step at a time, one day at a time, one part of a day at a time, sometimes just a few minutes at a time. Do what the disciples did. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this moment, but last time he had my attention, he pointed me this way. I bet you that's the way I'm supposed to keep going then. Keep coming back to church. Just take that step. Get yourself in here, surrounded by people who are worshiping and who are getting in the word and who are getting excited about what God wants to do. Keep getting in your own Bible and saying, God, speak to me. Keep talking to him. Be real. Be you. It doesn't have to be fancy. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Just talk to him. Throw some worship on your situation this week. Get in your car and force yourself. I'm not going to have any more imaginary conversations on this car ride. I'm not going to keep worrying about what I worry about every single day on this car ride. I'm going to throw some worship on it right now. And just put some worship on and just begin to tell God, thank you. Thank you for the things I do have to be thankful for. Thank you for where you've brought me. Thank you for what I've been through. Thank you that I'm able to be in the fight today. And I praise you because I already know one of these days I'm going to turn around with a testimony. Just keep fighting. And then remember two things. Ephesians 3.20. It's a verse I love. I read it all the time. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Listen, that's amazing talk right there. That's him saying, I'm going to do things in your life that are actually going to blow you away. You couldn't have even thought him up. You didn't even know to ask for him. You couldn't have dreamt this up on your best day. It's amazing. And he says, remember, I'm working in your life. My power is at work in your life. My extraordinary overflow of power is at work in your life, even on the days when you feel like you're walking through a storm and nothing makes sense. So remind yourself, I'm going to take the right steps today because last time he had my attention, he pointed me this way. So I'm going to keep moving this way. And even when I go through tough days and even when I go through tough seasons, I'm going to remind myself he's working even when I can't see it. And he's with me even when I don't feel it. The first thing Jesus said to these guys, we talked a little bit about it two weeks ago. The first thing he said was, let us go to the other side. Because he knew following me isn't always easy. I mean, let's be honest. Life with or without Jesus isn't easy. He knows that. But he also knows that sometimes where I'm going to take you, the payoff's going to blow you away, but it's going to be a struggle to get there. That's why he said, don't forget, guys, I'm with you. In fact, when he woke up and he said, where's your faith? I think that's what he was talking about. Don't you remember what I already promised you? Yes, the storm's crazy, but relax. I already promised you we're going to the other side. And because I already gave you a promise of where we're going, I'm not going to let you die in the middle. And what's the first thing I told you? Let us go. I'm going with you. You're not going through any of this by yourself. So many times in the Bible, God's answer to our fear is just the simple answer of, but I'm with you. Moses, scared to death. God, I can't. God, how am I supposed to do this? Because I'm with you. Joshua, scared to death. 
How am I supposed to do this? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go. How do you do this? Because I'm with you. The last thing Jesus said when he gives us what we often in church call the great commission of here's what I want you to go focus on until I come back. Go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what? I'm with you every single step of the way. And that's true for your calling. That's true for what you're going through right now. His presence will take you through the storm. Just stay in the fight. I have, I've learned so much from a, someone who I consider to be a friend and, and also a pastor to me in many ways, uh, a pastor by the name of Pastor Craig Rochelle. And, and he said a few things just recently and twice. I've literally texted him and been like, thank you so much for saying that. Like, I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to use that. In fact, I asked him this week if it was okay if I passed one of the things on to you as a church family. He, he, said, he said that he's, he's been feeling called by God to do all kinds of crazy things. And in my opinion, he may be one of the most influential human beings for the kingdom of God on our planet right now. And, and, and that comes with a little bit of fear. That comes with a little bit of worry. That comes with a little anxiety. That comes with a little pressure. And he said he was feeling the pressure recently. The anxiety started to mount and he didn't know what to do. And so he obviously started you know, doing the things that he knows he's supposed to do and getting in the word and talking with God and getting wise counsel from other believers. And, 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 and in some counsel, someone advised him to hire a performance psychologist, I think is what he called it. So he spent a lot of time with this individual and, and he helped him come up with a phrase. And he said, it's just changed the game for him. He said, because it applies to his life, no matter what he's walking into. And the phrase was, and, and you need to take this one. You need to steal this one. Here's the phrase. My experience plus God's presence is enough. My experience plus God's presence is enough. You can take that. You can use that because you too have some experience. You too have been through some things. Some of you have been through crazy things, things that the rest of us would go, I don't even know how you've survived all of that, but you've been through some stuff. God's brought you through some stuff. So yes, what you're facing may look a little scary, but you can go from afraid to amazed as long as you don't run, as long as you decide to stay in the fight. So what do I do? I remind myself that he's working. I remind myself that he's with me. And when he's with me, here's what I know. What I've been through, my experience plus his presence is enough. It's enough for this situation. And Pastor Craig said he does this thing where when he speaks, he said he always puts his stuff down and then he takes a step forward. And he said, when I do that, in my mind, I'm stepping out of my insecurities and I'm stepping out of my fears and I'm stepping into my calling. And, and, and that's why I asked Tyler to come back when we started this message and sing that victory song again, because I just feel like we're in a moment where it's time. So many of us have been talking about this for so long, some things that we need to get past, some things that we need to get through, some things that we want to start to believe God for. And some of us, we need to be reminded what I've been through, plus God's presence. It is enough. I don't have to be stopped anymore. I don't have to turn back. I don't have to go back to my old ways. I don't have to go back to my old habits. I don't have to tap out. My experience plus God's presence is enough. And so today, I'm going to step out of my fears and out of my insecurities and into the calling that God has on my life. That's what he wants for us, church.
So would you guys stand up at every location? I want to pray for you. And I'm going to pray a prayer for you that I prayed for my son, Ashton, who now has extremely short hair. And we were going to football the other night and it was going to be the first day of hitting. They'd been doing practices with just helmets, but now it's time to put on the pads and hit. And he was nervous. I said, do you want me to pray for you? He said, yep. I said, what do you want me to pray about? He said that I won't be afraid. And my prayer for him was that God would help him not be afraid to be fearless and to actually have a whole lot of fun in the process. And I think that's where God wants us today. I think he wants some of us to realize what I've been through, plus your presence, God, it is enough, and I don't have to quit. I'm gonna stay in this fight, and I'm gonna step out of some fears and out of some worries and into the calling that you have on my life, and I'm going to do so fearlessly because I already know what you've brought me through, and I know what you've promised me for my future. I'm gonna do so fearlessly. I'm not gonna quit, and I'm declaring over my life today, I'm actually gonna enjoy the process. God, you know exactly what every single one of us have been through. You know what, what, what we're going through right now. You know the struggles. You know the issues. You know the things that feel incredibly positive. They just look scary in our lives. And so, God, I pray for a supernatural peace right now in Jesus' name as we begin to worship you. I pray that some chains would come off, that some weight would come off our shoulders, that we would start to realize my God is with me. I do have this. I can do this. I don't have to quit. In fact, with everyone's eyes closed, if that's you, you go, I need that prayer today, that I will have the courage to continue trusting God through some difficult times and stay in the fight. If that's you, raise your hand, and I'm just going to agree with you in prayer. Hands everywhere, church. The second, let me ask you one more question and then I'm gonna pray. God's been speaking to you. You can feel it in your heart like he's been trying to get your attention this whole service. And you just kind of know like, this is my moment to start a relationship with him. That's what I need. I need to ask God to forgive me of my sins and be the Lord of my life. I'm not going to be perfect. I don't know how this is going to play out, but I know this is my moment. Jesus, I want forgiveness of my sins and I want to follow you. And I just know that I know this is my moment. If that's you right now, raise your hand and I'm going to say a prayer for you. Come on, raise them up high. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hands all over the place, church. God, you know why you brought us here today. You know what you want to set us free from. You know what you want to help us overcome. You know what you want to help us walk through victoriously. And so I pray for a spirit of victory in here right now in Jesus' name. As we begin to sing this song, it would be a declaration. We can stay in the fight. We can do so fearlessly. And we can actually begin to enjoy our life and the process. And I thank you for the eternal lives that are being changed right now in Jesus' name. Church, can you make some noise? Heaven's getting more crowded. Let's worship and let's celebrate our victory through him.